Hey everybody, you're listening to the Clearer Thinking Podcast from Grace Valley Church in Dundas. I'm your host, Paul Vandenbrink, the lead pastor of Grace Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, thanks for checking in with us once again, gang. It's good to be back with you. And what I'd like to talk to you about this week is actually, I want to talk a little bit more about the church calendar. Uh, I introduced this topic on Sunday because the season of Lent started last Wednesday, and I wanted you to know that we'd be incorporating Lenten themes in our worship services over the next six weeks. But I thought it'd be good to talk about the church calendar in general with you, because typically, you know, evangelicals, including Presbyterians like us, have been a little bit shy about the church calendar. We, we, we sometimes identify it with legalism or even with liberalism. Uh, it's kind of funny that many evangelical Christians, they love to celebrate Advent, but then they seem kind of cautious about celebrating, celebrating the, the rest of the church calendar. You know, when I was growing up, I remember Advent church services and that kind of thing. And I remember that we would celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And uh, we even actually went to church on Thursday nights uh, for the Ascension. Um, but other than that, we didn't really understand the church calendar, didn't talk about it much. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe it's worth thinking about the church calendar a little bit more deeply. The question is, is the church calendar, including Lent and Epiphany and all the seasons, is it something that we should observe? Is it worthwhile at all? Now, some evangelical traditions, they reject the notion of the church calendar wholesale. Uh, they believe that the Lord's Day, that is Sunday, is the only God-given measure for time for the church. So, for example, uh, some Puritans who were uh, the forebears of our Presbyterian tradition, they got rid of all special holidays based on this principle. They didn't celebrate Christmas. They didn't celebrate Good Friday. They didn't celebrate like New Year's or any, any of that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. No matter how hard we try, we can't really help but organize our lives according to some kind of seasonal calendar. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Reverend Bill DeYoung, he's pastor of Blessings Christian Church in downtown Hamilton, He's thought a lot about this, and he's pointed out to me uh, in one of our conversations on this topic that, you know, we, we follow a seasonal calendar whether we want to or not. Usually what we do is we follow holidays, you know. Uh, you know, we mark time by long weekends, or maybe we follow the school calendar. That's just what we do. And so the church's liturgical calendar seeks to mark time and order time around the major events of our redemption in Christ. And during these seasons, we encourage certain theological emphases and spiritual practices and even corresponding emotions to instruct and train us, that is the church, in godliness. Uh, so what would that look like in a church? And again, my friend Bill has thought a lot about this uh, from a Reformed slash Presbyterian perspective. And he, ha he actually believes that the church calendar could and should inform our individual and corporate discipleship as followers of Christ. And you know what? Even though when he first told me about this, I, I was a little bit skeptical, the more I've thought about it, the more I think he's onto something. And so I just want to share with you the cycle that he's developed to shape the discipleship of the church according to the church calendar. And this might be very new for some of you who, who aren't familiar with the church calendar. Maybe it's 
something that you know very well because you've been following the church calendar for a long time. But here we go. So you start with the season of Advent and Epiphany, and that's the beginning of the church calendar year. And you can summarize, summarize this time as focusing on the theme of God is with us. It starts usually with the last Sunday in November as the first Sunday of Advent. And this is the season that we're probably most familiar with, anticipating Christ's coming and his second coming. And Advent runs through the second Sunday after Christmas Day. And in terms of a spiritual discipline during Advent, the emphasis at this time is on patience, on faith, on hope, on waiting, and prayer. And then Advent turns into Epiphany, which marks when Jesus was revealed to the Gentiles through the visit of the Magi. You remember that's uh, recorded by uh, Matthew in Matthew chapter 2. And it runs from early January until Ash Wednesday. During the season that we, and, and during this season, we emphasize Christ's presence as we reflect on his earthly life and ministry. Uh, that's why we have been in the Gospels all this winter. And during this time, you can practice solitude and silence. Maybe you study the Apostles' Creed to deepen your knowledge of biblical doctrines. And at the end of the Epiphany season, we make another turn on Ash Wednesday, where we transition to Lent. And that's the season that we're in right now. And we're starting to think about not how God is with us, but how God is for us, how God is for us. This is the season of penitence for believers, a time for us to give careful attention to the sinfulness of sin and the damage that our sin has done to our relationship with God and with others, and even, in fact, with the natural world. I think I said this before, Lent is patterned after the 40 days of Christ's temptation in the desert. And that's excluding Sundays because Sundays are breaks in the Lenten season where you feast and you celebrate because they remember the resurrection. But during Lent, we focus on the weight of our sin and we reflect on Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. We also learn to identify with Christ in his sufferings. Jesus suffered for us in the desert and through his whole earthly ministry, and of course, supremely on the cross. And so when people fast during Lent, they are using a time-honored spiritual discipline to help focus their reflection on the sufferings of Christ by experiencing a little suffering of their own. And during this time, we also reflect on our mortality. So on Ash Wednesday, Christians from certain traditions, they will receive the sign of the cross on their foreheads in ash. And that's done as a symbolic reminder of the fact that we are mortal, that we will die, and that the way to life is through repentance and faith in Christ. And you know, interestingly, a lot of churches burn their previous year's palm branches that they use during their Palm Sunday service and they use the ashes from that burning uh, for the Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday ritual of the following year. Now, Lent, the season of Lent, it, it culminates in the final week of Lent called Holy Week. And that's the week that begins on Palm Sunday when we remember Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a donkey. And it moves all through that week to Maundy Thursday 
when we remember the Last Supper of Jesus and his disciples. And it's called Monday Thursday because it commemorates, commemorates the mandate, that is, the command that Jesus gave his disciples when he washed their feet. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And by the way, every time we participate in communion, we're actually recognizing what happened during the events of Monday Thursday many centuries ago, that, that Jesus was betrayed uh, and that he was to be tried and crucified the next day on Good Friday. And of course, we're familiar, uh, even in our tradition, with Good Friday and Easter, so I won't comment further on those, except to say that Good Friday is called good because it marks the suffering and death of Jesus as the dramatic culmination of God's plan to save his people from their sins. And Easter, of course, is a day of celebration in the church year, and that's why we move from penitence to celebration during this season. It's still a time of reflecting on how God is for us, but for the next 50 days between Easter and Pentecost, we think about the implications of Jesus' resurrection for believers. Now, it's 50 days long because it marks the time between Christ's resurrection and the sending of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. But within that 50-day period, 10 days before Pentecost, we remember Christ's ascension. And interestingly, this was one holy day that uh, the Reformed and Presbyterian tradition made a huge deal out of. And it's fitting because on Ascension Day, we're reminded that Jesus is a king. And he reigns and rules over the entire universe. This means that you and I have nothing to fear in life because our king is watching over us and he is directing the affairs of history itself in such a way that he will be glorified and we will be blessed. Now, during the Easter season, you might spend time reflecting on how Christ's death and resurrection reconciles us to God. We are new creations in him, and therefore we are empowered by him and through him to restore relationships with others. So you might think about relationships, you know, uh, uh, dating relationships, marriage relationships, uh, parenting uh, uh, relationships. They might be appropriate to reflect on at this time. And when you reach the end of the Easter season, you come to Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday uh, marks the day when the Holy Spirit was sent into the world and he, he entered the hearts of believers. And we, in the church calendar, enter what's called ordinary time. And this is a term that refers to the time in the church calendar that is not marked by those major seasons of Advent, Epiphany, Lent, and Easter. And, and there's two parts to ordinary time. From Pentecost to the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, you focus your attention on how God is in us. So we move from God is for us now to how God is in us. And you know, it is a mind-boggling thing to consider how in the Christian faith, which is unique in all the world to believe this, we believe that God himself in the third person of the Trinity actually takes up residence in the followers of Jesus Christ. The divine life, life itself, is, is in us in a mysterious and profound way. And during this time, 
we think about how we grow in our faith through the Holy Spirit's work in us and how we're called to proclaim the gospel through evangelism. So this is a good time to think through the missionary task of the church and engage in evangelistic ministries. You know, at Grace Valley, we have a kids camp that we like to run in the summertime, for example. Hopefully this summer, we're actually going to add a sports camp as well. Uh, And we engage in evangelism as a spiritual discipline. And of course, you know, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean that we don't do it at other times, that we don't do evangelism at other times of the year. Oh no, evangelism is is something we just do during the summertime. Of course not. Rather, uh, we're focusing uh, our discipleship during this season in the church calendar around evangelism. And so maybe you even do a study of the fruit of the Spirit or the sacraments during this time. And then in the fall, we transition to the second half of ordinary time from the 13th Sunday after Pentecost until the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, which is basically the first Sunday before Advent starts up again. And here the focus is less on mission and and more on work and rest. During this time... uh, the focus is on the theme of God working through us. So we go from God working in us to God working through us. We think about discipleship in our vocations. We think about Christian ethics as we work out the implications of the Ten Commandments in our lives. We think through what it means to bring the gospel to bear on every aspect of life. And then, of course, we transition back to Advent and we do it all again. Now, what I like about this is that it creates a rhythm in the life of the church. Human beings learn through repetition, and we are creatures of habit. And the church calendar gives structure to the habit-forming disciplines of spiritual formation that we need. And it also, it actually, it ensures that we are both balanced and holistic in our spiritual formation. You know, uh, We all groove to certain things more than others. We all have our favorite subjects or activities, and this helps us stay well-rounded. It's a little like uh, those guys who pump iron. You know, they're really into uh, lifting weights and stuff like that. And, And if they skip leg day, what happens to them? They have these huge upper bodies, and then their legs are like sticks, and they look ridiculous. Well, you don't want to look like that spiritually, right? You don't want to skip leg day spiritually. So this uh, church calendar helps us to have a balanced and holistic discipleship uh, so that we're tackling every area of of our spiritual lives. Now, we don't have to stick rigidly to a calendar like this because then it becomes a burden rather than a blessing, but it could certainly help us develop our spiritual lives in a balanced and holistic way. You know, we'll probably explore some of this more uh, deeply as a staff, uh, as Mark and I uh, discuss discipleship and and where to go uh, with discipleship in Grace Valley Church. But for now, why not consider marking your own time according to the church calendar? We're in Lent right now. Uh, Maybe you can focus your family devotional time if you have one around the death and resurrection of Jesus. You could do the same with your personal devotions. Uh, You could create a Lenten playlist for yourself uh, on Spotify or on Apple Music. 
Maybe you could memorize passages of scripture related to the season, or you could try fasting in some way. You know, a quick Google search will actually provide all kinds of resources for those of you who might be interested in doing something like this. Uh, I'm not encouraging that we uh, live by this rigidly. This is not the the law of the Medes and the Persians, but I do think that there is something to the rhythmic life of the church calendar or the rhythm of the church calendar to our uh, spiritual formation that is worth considering and uh, maybe even adopting in some form. Well, hey, that's that's it, gang. This is, this is it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Clearer Thinking podcast from Grace Valley Church. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again next week. But until next time, take care. Bye-bye.